Well, hello once again, everybody. It is maintenance day. We are back. And by we, I mean myself, Joe Yurden of Daily of, uh, what am I talking about? Noted Hockey Daily. What? What do I do? I don't know what I do anymore. Noted Hockey and Bleacher Report. And uh, Lance Sasowski of the Buffalo News. Hello, Lance. Welcome back from New York. Oh, thank you, Joe. Yeah. Um, these, well, it's been, what, four games in six days? It's been a, a busy week for, for the local hockey team. And of course, I mean, we knew we were going to have news to talk about it at some point around the holiday. And here we are, right? <laughs> right. We we knew there was going to be news. We just, um, I guess we didn't anticipate what exactly the news was going to be. I mean, well, we knew what some of the news was going to surround. Um, and that's Patrick Kane, which uh, if you haven't heard already, which I can't imagine you haven't, but he's not coming to Buffalo. He's going to Detroit on a one-year deal which uh, probably works out really well for Buffalo, all things considered, because, uh, well, that gets into some of the other stuff we've got to talk about. But um, no, Kane is not a problem for this group, right? I'm thinking no. Uh, It depends how you look at it. I still have concerns about their depth on the right side because Jack Quinn's going to return in January. You don't know how long it's going to take him to get to his game. Victor Olsen's played well recently, so that's a... a trend that's certainly encouraging for the Sabres, but I still think they could use help on the right side. Is Kane the solution? Well, we're not going to know the answer to that question. I just think that at some point, it w- I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Adams um, tries to to add something to that forward group because we do know that he he looked in the summer to to try to add something, um, you know, to help his his depth down the middle. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's it's an area. I, I don't know if concern it's it's something of i guess concerns uh, it's a synonym anyways (laughs) but it's it's something where there there could there could stand to be a little bit of assistance there just because it's you know we've seen some of the you know if if some guy goes quiet or you know he doesn't isn't playing well then it really kind of kneecaps everything that they're trying to do and fortunately a lot of these guys are playing pretty well right now i gotta say tuck coming back has has been uh the absolute boost they've needed olafson's played outstanding uh the last few games so that's been a huge help um and you know paterka continues to be great benson's here to stay so i i don't know on paper it's one of these things that seems like well they've got everything covered so they should be fine but you know it's still an obscenely young team and results can vary my question for you is what happens if Alex Tuck has an injury? Yeah. That's, See, that that's, that's the big the problem. That's what I keep circling back to when I think about this team's needs. You're right. Like Kyle Luck Post has been really good the last, mm-hmm. you know, what, several games at this point. A lot of guys are trending in the right direction. I've liked Peyton Krebs recently. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Zach Benson, a really good game in New York on Monday. But still, I just think We've seen this team without Tuck in the lineup. Um, He is the one right wing, I think, that can be on the top line and can really be a difference maker. And it's just going to be too long of a wait, I think, for Jack Quinn. I don't want to – I think they need to be in a spot where they're a little bit more covered, right? Hey, maybe Mm -hmm. Roseanne or Kulik, a prospect, ends up coming up and emerging as somebody who can play in your top six. But right now – that is my big concern because whether it be earlier this year or late last season when Tuck was out, it just feels like they're still looking for that that other right yeah. wing that could be on that top line and, and really be somebody that other teams have to worry about. 
Yeah, and it's it's the different kind of player that Tuck is that creates the yeah that creates the the, the change of pace because as good as Quinn is, he's kind of similar to everybody everybody else. I mean, yeah, he's he's a little bigger than Paterka. Um, you know, he's bigger than Benson. Like he's he's that size, but he's not Alex Tuck size. Where Tuck plays like a power forward. Tuck is a power forward. It's not like he plays like one. He is one. And there aren't other guys in the lineup that are that build that have that ability to score. And that's a problem because you need that little change of pace. Yeah. And I, I don't think you're going to be able to acquire somebody with that skill sex. I think every team in the league wants someone like Alex Tuck. Yeah, right. he, he fits, he fits exactly with the modern day NHL, that big power forward speed plays the game the right way four checks hard. So, but I do think they need to give Don Granado another, another winger that can help him build a better lineup. I think that, you know, for all the criticism and that egg they laid Saturday is still, um, that's one that I know that left a really bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths yeah. when it comes to the, in that locker room. But mm-hmm. you know what? I, I do think that they've done a really nice job. 11, seven has worked out. You can make a very strong argument to sit one of those defensemen, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point, but right. you know what? Like, I think that 11, seven has meant more minutes, for guys like Victor Olofsson and mm-hmm. it's allowed them to get to their games. Kyle Poso is playing more. Now he's starting to contribute offensively. So there has been a benefit to this, although I know how much angst it has created with the fan base and it, it does raise, you know, questions about just their depth at the, at the forward position, you know, up at up front, even though, Hey, they're not going to be without Greenway for long. Thompson's coming back and Gergensen's is, is a week to week injury. Yeah. It's, this is kind of the, I guess the accidental opening that they were looking for with with the forwards to be able to get a look at Roseanne and Kulik. I mean, it's not the ideal situation. You don't want to have guys hurt and being out of the lineup, but uh, it has opened that door to give these guys an opportunity. Now, granted, Kulik sat against the Rangers because uh, they did go back to 11-7 because Samuelson was okay after he got hit in the face. What, a stick or a puck or both on that play on the, the one goal against? I think it was against Jersey. I, 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 all I saw was something go off his face. Yeah, trying he got to... pulled into protocol, and that's he got yeah. called out. Yeah. yeah, so that's yeah. I mean, it's it's whatever. But I mean, you know, I, the, the, I, I guess the, I don't know. The, the problem is, is that they're they're in a good bind in that Ryan Johnson showed up and made it so that you can't really take him out of lineup. Never mind, send them back. You can't take them out of the lineup, but but now you have a forward crunch where it's like, okay, you got to figure some stuff out here, and you need to find a way to get the ice time. But he's you get into these spots in these games where it's either a blowout, and it's like, well, that's no point in trying to do something there, or you're playing the Rangers, and it's like, oh, this is the we're playing really great. Just just keep rolling. Let's let's make this work and, and find a way. But um. You're not, I don't know. It, it's these are nice problems to have, but it's, you know, as the team is going, you know, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, it's not helpful to have these many options to kind of toy with and and be able to figure it out on the fly, right? Yeah, and we know that 11-7 is challenging for everybody involved. Defensemen aren't with the same partner. I mean, you look, you look I mean, Ryan Johnson played fewer than 10 minutes on yeah. Monday night, so it's not like it's, it's perfect, but 
hey, um, I think that it's it's worked out for the situation that they're in. It's just, it's not sustainable long term. Mm-hmm. Now, eventually, Joe, once some forwards get healthy, they're going to have to make a decision with the three goalies. We'll get into goaltending. I know, yeah. you know, later, but you know, it's this, you know, when you see Zach Benson playing the way that he has, and he's going to make it challenging for them to send him to junior or assign him to work or, or assign him to world juniors for that matter. Mm-hmm. Like it puts pressure on someone like Tyson Joseph to step up. You know, I, his game has been more down than up the, so far this season. And when you've got Roseanne and Kulik and Olofsson starting to play better, you've got other guys in Rochester. There's that crunch is going to happen pretty quick, especially if Kevin Adams thinks that he needs to add something at the deadline, which wouldn't surprise me at all. Clearly, he thinks they still have a need since yeah. they still pursued Patrick Kane, even mm-hmm. though they had every reason to, you know, they had a, a way to justify not doing so. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, they had. There's a lot of reasons to justify yeah. not doing so, um, but it was still something that they pursued because, I mean, yeah, you, you can't look at the lineup and say, like, this is set, this is square, make it work because, because yeah, you do still have some unknowns. There are still, like, those issues. Like, again, we saw Tuck go out of the lineup and things things got really dicey really quick because they weren't able to to bring different looks um, on their attack. It was just kind of three line, three or four lines all kind of – looking the same way and trying to do the same things apart from, you know, Pozo's line, but, um, but it's, it's, it's a really interesting spot right now because, and I get like fan fans are fans, fans get down on this team really quick, really, really quick. Every loss. (laughs) Oh, it's, it's, we, we, we've joked about that, but it's total football brain where every loss is like, Oh God. But it's, it's also the fact that they missed the playoffs by a, a win last year so and the first reaction everybody had after that was like looking at different games where it was like oh if they win that game it's oh they're in the playoffs which i get it i get it. i don't get me like i understand but man oh man there's there's 60 games to go 61 games to go and you're like every every loss is just like god damn it why are they better like come on i'll frame it this way if you if Joe, if what would your reaction be if I told you in pre, you know, in training camp, preseason, however you want to frame it, mm-hmm. that Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins have combined for 10 goals through 22 games? How do you think the Sabres would have started the season at that point? Probably really bad. Yeah, there you really go. bad. <laughs> <laughs> there it's you a team go. that's probably closer to the bottom of the yeah. East and like not close to a playoff discussion. And, and when you add in the time that Tuck has missed, uh, the inconsistency for like guys like Samuelson hasn't been, he hasn't started the way that I'm sure he would like. You know, there's just certain guys in the lineup, Quinn being out, you know, for them to be where they're at, they need to go on a run. Like they need to yeah. start stringing wins together. They need to have some sort of consistency because right now they haven't inspired any confidence that they're going to, that they're going to piece one together. We'll see because on, on Monday night in New York, man, like that's, they know the formula. They know what they have to do to be yep. able to, to compete with any team in this league. It's a matter of repeating it. And we all know that's not easy in this, especially when you are still the youngest team in the NHL. And now I think they have nine guys under the age of 23 
on, you know, in the, that was their lineup on uh, Saturday in Jersey. Kulik, of yeah. course, sat on, on Monday, but that is a lot of youth. That is a lot of inexperience. That is a lot of guys who have not had play with this type of pressure. And I'm sure, and I understand it. Fans are so tired of hearing that. I right. get it. Mm-hmm. I certainly understand, but it also <laughs> is a reality that, yeah. <laughs> you know, and if you took a player like Tage Thompson out of, you know, a lot of the team's lineups, it's going to have a significant impact. And hey, to the Sabres credit, look at Casey Middlestad. He's almost mm-hmm. averaging a point a game. And although he's not putting the puck in the net, he's certainly helping others do so. Yeah, it was it was funny, you know, keeping up, you know, because I was not in New York uh, this time around, but seeing Dan Rosen tweet out about how, you know, know, Sabres lose seven to two to Devils and they looked every bit of a team that loses seven to two and then they're beating the Rangers and they look every bit of a team that should be up by that score. He's like, what gives? And I'm just I he's like, I don't understand. What's the problem? I go, it's youth. It's completely youth. And and and, you know, to mildly pat myself on the back. That was exactly what Don said after the game when Dan asked him the question. No, you know, the Alex stealing your thunder, but it's oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah, Alex said it. It was per he phrased it perfectly too. It's like we play that perfect first period Friday against Pittsburgh, and you try to immediately carry it over. Things are feeling easy. You're feeling good, and you can't do that. (laughs) You can't. But that's when your top players have have to set that standard and have to. And have to deliver that message to the younger guys on the team that that's not acceptable. Like, I thought I found it really interesting just to hear when you ask like Jim Montgomery, for example, how the Bruins are just always the Bruins, no matter who's in the lineup. And it's their top guys. They set the example. And that is challenging when you have somebody like Tage Thompson out of the lineup. Right. But still, and that that's why I thought it was really significant, not only that the Sabres left New York with that win, but look at who contributed. Not only, of course, Uko Pekalukin, which again, we'll get to the goaltending, you know, right. we always will. But, you know, Tuck, Skinner, Middlestad, you could just go down, you know, Cousins made some really good defensive plays. You just go down the lineup. Paterka had the goal, like their top guys really stepped up and that's what they need. Like not, not every other game, not going to. You know, guy, one guy going one night, the other guy's going the other. They need this team clicking to, you know, rolling four lines at a much more consistent basis. It hasn't happened yet, but at least, you know, points four out of the last five, you're at least starting to see more consistency night in and night out, if we, especially, if, you know, I know it's hard for to, to really even say that when you look at Saturday, because that's still on the mind, but still, like, you're this they're at least trending in the right direction much more so than they were a couple weeks ago, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Saturday game sticks out, but you know, and I wasn't searching for excuses for, for why the Sabres lost the way they did, but you have to, you have to remember it's two teams playing the game and the other team was coming off of having their coach and Jack Hughes and everybody saying like, this was the worst, you know, we played like ass. We were terrible. And Lindy Ruff even going as far to say that was the worst game I've been the worst game that I've ever seen that I've been involved with. And everybody, <laughs> which everybody in Buffalo goes like, oh, shit, that's bad. <laughs> Plus, they got Heesher back in the lineup on Saturday. Hey, it was a buzzsaw yeah. to walk into. But, hey, there's still no I don't I still see there's no, no excuse, excuse for that yeah. performance. No, you can't come out that flat the way that they did. Right. And no. th- this team. You can't really over oversimplify anything in the NHL nowadays, but they got to stop allowing the first. They need to start getting ahead. They're yeah. chasing way too many games, and when you're not, when you're already pressing, guys are already feeling the pressure of you got you know expectations, everything else. You're without Tage Thompson, 
you got to have better starts than that, you know, and there have been nights where they've had scoring chances and they haven't gotten their first goal and Hey, that's tough luck. And then you end up chasing it, but there've also been a few, you know, there's been games this year where that hasn't been the case and they've just simply been outplayed. So like, but at least like there's clear, like everybody knows how they have to play. It's not like this is a team that's completely clueless and searching for an identity, which you've seen. And, you know, I think even Edmonton lost its identity. Minnesota didn't have one. Like, I think at least there's clarity for the Sabres. Just a matter of putting it all together. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's the devil's loss that's things, but it's also the Caps loss before Thanksgiving, too. Like, that's 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 a bad that's a bad one. Cause it's given up the tying goal with what, like two minutes to go, two, three minutes to play. And then, you know, the giving up the game winning goal with like three seconds to go in overtime. And it's like, that's a game that should have been put away multiple times. And you have that and like, you get to come back against Washington or against Pittsburgh. And like, that's, you know, that gets everybody like, Oh, right. This is how they can play. This is good. And then the devil's game just kind of kicks everybody in the teeth. And it's like, it's like, where's the consistency? I get, I get it. I get it. I get it. But also like the, just, the average age of this team is 20, like 25, 24, 25 now. Like, you know, now with Gergensen's out of the lineup, like it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, you're gonna, this is, this stuff's gonna happen, but you can, you can get it together. And I, the, the signs are there. You're right, Lance. The, the signs are there that like this is starting to find its way, even with some of these guys out of the lineup. And that's, that, that to me is encouraging, not to just be all sunshine and rainbows about, you know, about a team that's 500 right now, but like, that's, you know, it's those parts and it's, Hey, the power play scoring again. Hey, look at that. It's weird. Like things look better when the power play scoring. Yeah. And they need their, def- their defense has been up and down. You know, Owen power, really good start, had some rough mm-hmm. games, really, really good Monday night. Darlene's yeah. been good all the way through Samuelson up and down injured yeah. just hasn't you know hasn't really gotten to a groove um ryan johnson still only 21 years old and then you look at that third pair and again like i know we can look at heat maps but i do think eric johnson's been good for that penalty kill mm-hmm. right yeah and personally I, I know that's like a point of contention with some people i understand right now, but, yeah and know. that's why i'm bringing it up i do think that i understand and there's a lot of little subtleties in his game that it makes sense to play that guy right now to me you could make the argument to sit Connor Clifton from game to game because he hasn't yeah. been good enough at five on five, you know, and it concerns the breakouts are what concerns me the most with him. And when you put him and EJ, who's that's like Eric Johnson is one of his deficiencies, in my opinion, is breakouts. It, you're not you're not going to have a good time <laughs> against <laughs> certain teams like New Jersey that completely overwhelms you with their speed on the four check. So mm-hmm. like. But again, like this team, team defense is better. And you know what, Joe, we talk so much about goaltending on this podcast over the last couple of years. And you know what hasn't even been the issue. No. (laughs) Look at the save percentage (laughs) on the penalty kill. Look, I mean, and the thing is, the guy who's emerged as the number one, a lot of the fan base wanted to give up on not too long ago. And that's Uko Pekalukanen, who was outstanding against the New York Rangers. It's funny that he he told his teammates they made it easy on them, and in some respects, maybe, you know, they did. They did a nice job clearing rebounds, boxing out, doing the little things, but it doesn't change the fact that guy made some spectacular saves against a really good hockey team to make yeah. sure the Buffalo left with two points and didn't allow that to get to overtime. Yeah, he... The, the thing that stood out to me about Lukanen's play is that he the confidence is there. Like he's playing like a guy who's just like, I'm not going to get beat tonight. 
And I, I know, I know that seems like it's, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's, I don't know if that's like story, story building or narrative building or whatever, but like, that's a, that's a total thing with goaltenders is that when they have that attitude and they've got that confidence, you can see it in how they play where it's the reaction times. It's, it's how they handle the busy situations. It's how they handle, you know, net, net mouth scrums and whatever, like a guy that knows that he's playing well and, and handling his business is just not going to look rattled by any of that stuff. And he just, that's a hundred percent been the case for him when he's been rattled. It's been pretty easy to notice. Let's be real. Like when things are getting a little shaky, you can see just everything gets a little bit out of whack, a little bit, you know, trying to do too much and, and all that stuff. It's kind of what we've seen a little bit out of Levi in his starts, but with UPL man, the last like four or five starts, man, he's just looked like the guy that's like, this is my job now. Come and take it. Good luck to you. If you, if you, if you try, because he's just been so good. And, and I mean, come on. The stick save <laughs> last night, where I think I, I forget which uh, which Sabres account it was highlighted Eric Comrie in the corner because the back backup oh, yeah. in the corner Comrie about jumping out of his seat seeing that save made and like Comrie's as big a nerd about goaltending as any He's goalie great. I've yeah, ever talked funny. to. Him see it like him <laughs> having front row seat to watch him do that is is impressive and I mean. Rangers just weren't going to beat him last night. The goalie gave up on the power play. I mean, that's a snapshot from a guy who really rifles it all the time from that spot. But like, you know, bogus penalty gets, you know, bogus makeup call penalty leads to that situation. So it's like, write it off, whatever. But the team, have they, they were in control. Like they were not losing that game no matter what. Yeah. You know what? You go back to March and April, this, this organization gave Luke and every reason to doubt himself they weren't dr- they weren't even dressing to back up some nights mm-hmm. he was he was basically the number three kind of the forgotten guy they were you know like J- kevin adams don granado said all the right things when the season ended but then they bring eric comrie to camp all the messaging throughout the summer the spring the fall was devin levi's you basically got the sense that they saw devin levi's was either their number one or number two so if you're looking and you had every reason to think, hey, where do I stand? Am I, you know, am I going to be here? What's this mean mm-hmm. about my career? But it goes back to I. It takes me back to just conversations I had with Jason Botterell when he was general manager, asking him about Lukanen and resilience is the one attribute that he and the scouts and everybody on their staff saw in Lukanen that encouraged them to pick him in the second round 2017. They love the way that he bounced back after a bad game. You know, in 2018-19, he goes and wins gold at World Juniors after he was bad at the tournament the year before. They just always thought that this guy found a way to respond when he got knocked down. He picked himself back up and he was able to still have that confidence and still have and still feel that he is going to be the guy. And we've seen it. I completely agree with you. The poise, the confidence, his positioning is much more consistent. We all know that is a big part of his game last year. He was all over the place at times. Yep. You know, he was way the movement was way all over the place in the crease, too busy, too erratic. You know, for a big guy, he dropped down too much. Now he's playing the position big. He's playing to his strengths. He's smarter situ- in situations with handling the puck, freezing the puck. This the subtleties of that position you can you need to be good at that you don't really notice unless there's a veteran in there. And it gives the entire group, you know, that confidence that they need. And mm-hmm. you know what? I think that 
I'm sure the Sabres are very hesitant to send Evan Levi to Rochester, and I get it because of everything leading up to this moment. You know, is it going to shake his confidence? How is he going to handle it? Um, what's that going to do to the guy when you start him in the NHL? He plays those seven games, comes in, struggles, and then you just send him back. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with the American Hockey League for a no. 21-year-old goalie, right? No. Joe? Plus, that's a good no. team down there right. with a really good coach, a good coaching staff, and their goalie development coach, Seamus Kotick, is there like a, on a very regular basis. So you would have a very strong support system to help Devin Levi not only improve day to day, you know, in Rochester, but to become a better goalie. Because right now, with this setup, Comrie's playing well. We we just mentioned Lukanen playing once every three, four, five games. That's not. He needs experience. He needs to play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the the part with the whole Levi conversation that that I keep coming back to is that he's young. He has to play. This, I mean, this is this was the whole thing with Lucanen as he was coming up was that he needed to play the whole time he was bouncing between Cincinnati and Rochester and Buffalo was that everybody's like, well, what, what are you gonna do? You gotta put him on the you gotta put him in the NHL. You gotta do this. Gotta do that. Getting games. Period. He needs pro games. Like that's that's the main thing is that he just give him pro games to play he needs 40 he needs right. to play 40 games at right. his age with his experience level he needs 40 pro games and he's not going to get that in the nhl no no and not right now so, and certainly not playing the way that he is right now because there are there are some things that even for me who i've watched so much hockey in my life i can't even i can't even count but there are things about goaltending and positioning and how guys play it that i even still like the science of it i don't totally understand like what's going on. But all I can see is that with Levi is that sometimes there's a little bit of a panic in his movement. There's sometimes too much movement and there's a lot of rebounds. There's a lot of loose pucks going around all over the place when he's in that. And that, that in itself causes chaos for, for the guys in front of him because if the puck's bouncing somewhere, they got to find it and the goalie can't find it. And then the players are trying to track it down. Then you're losing track of your defense. Yeah. You know, and it, it's very difficult for a goalie that age with that level of experience to work on his game in the NHL. The pressure is very high. Yes. You have you, when you're in goal, you're like it's not, you're not getting any games against long Island university. No. You know, like no. you're playing Alex Ovechkin on the road in front of a sellout crowd. The penguins are in town. You can name any scenario, even the Arizona coyotes, man, like that. Right. Every team in this league is a tough test. Even the San Jose sharks are starting to beat, <laughs> beat some good teams. Like, right. like you got to bring it. So there is absolutely a benefit And this, like sending Devin Levi to Rochester doesn't have to be a long-term solution no. or plan. Get him down there at right now where the schedule doesn't allow you to rotate three goalies. Because right now, Joe, I, I don't see any benefit to taking Lukanen out of a rhythm when you need that consistency in your game night in and night out to start stringing wins together. And it's tough to have that consistency when you have a young goalie who's fighting it. And it's very clear recently that, yes, there's been some good, good moments, good, you know, good games, but... For the most part, he's been fighting it since the season started, and I yeah. think it's time. It's time. Yeah, and it's it's that part of it where he you know he needs the games, he needs the experience, he needs to learn. He learns, needs to learn how to be a pro goalie. Um, there's also the <laughs> throwing your coach a bone to give him some more options with the lineup. Yeah, too because it is uh, hurting them. It's it's a huge problem right now, and and yeah, I know part of that's keeping eight defensemen 
on the roster. Like that's that's tough. But like you have no options at forward for him. Like that that you like there is no there is no ability to swap guys in and out or you know kind of tinker with your forward lineup apart from doing 11-7 where that's not really what you want to be doing either. I mean Don's you know Don's doing it cuz he kind of has to, but it's not it's not his first choice. It's probably not his second or third choice either, but like that's all he's got left to do to to, to kind of play with things. And I know people are going to say like, "Well, he scratched Kolek. Why didn't he do something different?" I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But if your only options are to do one or the other is is to either sit a defenseman that you probably don't want to be sitting or go 11-7 and just kind of tough your way through it. Like that's not great. Yeah, it's not. It, it really isn't. You know, and I think in three goalies isn't sustainable. Tage no. Thompson's going to come back from injury. Zemkis Gergensen's going to come back from injury. Jack Quinn's coming back from injury. Jordan Greenway is going to return from the personal matter. Then if they keep Zach Benson, Joe, you only have so many roster spots. They clearly do not want to waive Jacob Bryson because his strength has been one of their weaknesses so far, breaking the puck out of their zone. That's why Ryan Johnson is still here. <laughs> yep. And that's why Jacob Bryson's still on the roster. It is the one really good attribute of his game. And they think he's too valuable to just give up. Although fans don't agree with it. Jake, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I just think that at some point they're going to have to make a move here. And I think the timing is right to get that, to get Devin Levi to Rochester because you have every re- you you can justify it. It's a good, mm-hmm. it's a good, it's not worth risking. Just continuing to put him out there in the NHL or hurting your NHL team while also hurting a very good goalie prospect who will benefit greatly from yep. going down and playing under Seth Appert there. There's also the part where they, they've been doing a steady rotation, which if they stuck to it, Levi would have started against New York. If they were sticking solely to rotation, just like one, you know, every guy plays, keep it going down the line. That's what happens. They realized finally, nope, Lucan's it. And then he proved it. Again, last night by playing great. And then Don, I think uh, this morning on, on Tuesday morning, WGR says like, yeah, we're going to have to start playing him a little bit more often now. I I tried to get him to say a post game and he wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice he was being like, you got to lean on him, dance, right? He was, like, he was, he was dancing around a little bit. I understand. But yeah, but, but I mean, it's, yeah they you, need you can't to. keep doing a three goalie rotation if you're starting one guy all the time. You know? Yeah, and we know you don't want to overuse him, but the schedule, it sets up nicely. Comrie, start using Comrie. Like he's played well. Um, mm-hmm. If his game becomes a problem, then you address it later. But right now. Go play Devin Levi in Rochester. He'll have a really great goalie partner mm-hmm. in Dustin Tokarski. He'll be on a really good team, which features defensemen that could probably play in the NHL. A few defensemen who could probably play in the NHL for you know other teams at this point. So mm-hmm. give it a whirl, right? Like, what's the yeah. worst that could happen? I think he would just. I think it would be so valuable for Devin Levi. And although it's a tough pill to swallow for everybody involved, it's a necessary one. You know what? Sometimes you got to make difficult decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that to me, I mean, you know, we, we don't get to talk to Kevin Adams all that much. I mean, we see him all the time, but we don't really get to talk to him. But part of me, you know, the, the, the conspiracy theory, like rat brain part of my brain always <laughs> wonders if that like if Levi's still here because they talked to him in the in the, you know, before the season started and said, hey, you're our guy. We're going with you. So, like, let's do this. And then that's yeah. the only reason you end up keeping him, which I'm just like. 
that's a rat brain type thing to think. Yeah. Cause like, that's just, it's stupid to He's do that for con- a guy that's played seven games, you know? He's under contract. Every player on the NHL roster loves the guy. The coaching staff loves the guy, but he's 21 years old, you know? Yeah. It's the one position where historically you need time in the American League. And you know what? The Sabres tried it. He played really well in the spring. And again, doesn't have to stay there long term, but go get games. Go get experience. You know, go work on what what has ailed him in the NHL this season. And it's you can't replicate it exactly because the American League's more chaotic. It's different, but still it it would be good for him to go down there, build confidence. Go dominate, man. Go show that you belong in the NHL, and, and they'll they can bring them right back up. Yeah, you know? and it's and goaltending. Yeah, goaltending is just such it's science, but it's also like alchemy. Honestly, like you're trying to turn lead into gold like every other year. And I mean, just look at some of the guys that were great last year. Like Philip Gustafson was incredible last year for Minnesota. He's given up some of the like. He's got one of the worst goals saved yeah. uh, above expected of the. Yeah. You know, you know, not Lucas, many, not many guys can do it year after year. It's, yeah. it's the Soros elite was incredible last year, and he's you know still playing well, but like still kind of struggling. Lucas Dostal was amazing for Anaheim. Everybody's like, get rid of Gibson. He's great. Get bombed on every start. Like this stuff happens. You know, yeah. this is just what goaltending is. It's, it's very difficult to evaluate it. A lot of you know, there's people. I remember talking to Rick Dudley about you know, long, long time you know front office guy in the NHL, a former NHL head coach, and admittedly he doesn't know a damn thing about goaltending. <laughs> but that's why you hire good people who do know it, right? It just right. it's very it's very difficult to scout, evaluate, develop. You need patience. You need. <laughs> You need to be risk averse. There's a lot of different things that go into it, but they're in a good spot because they have two guys who are playing well. and You've got yeah. a good AHL affiliate. It's a good situation. So take advantage of it. Right. Right. Exactly. And I was it was killing me. The, the devil's game was killing me online because I because, you know, when they after they pull Comrie after the first period, I said that, you know, everybody agreed that's a mercy pull because they're playing like garbage. And somebody came back at me with his save percentage from the period. They're like, yeah, yeah, not really. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of on him. I'm like, he faced, they took 35 like shot attempts that period, man. <laughs> like, what? That was a brutal, yeah, that was <laughs> like, a brutal God, first period. Like, yeah. You know. And and then Levi didn't have it easy for, for the second and no. third either. No. Dolly nailed a guy on it that who fell onto to Levi, which Right, Rasmus needs to stop doing that. That's <laughs> kind of what ha- that's kind of what hurt Comrie last yeah, year. Same it's exactly it was exactly the same thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, the whole roster mechanics it needs to get figured out. It needs to get figured out very soon because that it also plays into the into the whole string wins together consistency and giving your coach just the more options to create a winning lineup because i do think don granado's done a nice job piecing li- lineups together with what he's been handed mm-hmm. yeah it's it, it it's one of it's it's the the kind of thing where and i try to avoid saying it's a situation where because that's a botrel throwback i want to do that but this is the kind of thing where you know you know it it, it, it Half of that, well, 99% of that is on Adams to kind of figure out like what you want to do. Now, I I know all these guys, they work in concert with each other. They're always talking. I get it. But I mean, I I would love to know how many times Don is kind of like, how we, how you going to help me out here? Cause (laughs) I don't like, I can't, I can't tinker with the lineup as well as I, as I should be able to right now, because we're carrying 
we're carrying two extra D we've got an extra goalie and we got no other help at forward that where we're, you know, we got to pull guys out of Rochester, you know, because, you know, you know, Greenway's dealing with something. Zemgus gets hurt. Then it's like, Oh, what do we do? We got no options here. Like you, you literally can't do anything other than add more defensemen to the lineup. Yeah. And that they shouldn't sit Henry Yoki Hario again. <laughs> that, no, that take that option off the table because Good I think Lord. like he showed again against the Rangers. Like, don't sit that guy. He's whatever, he's whatever too his whatever his illness was. It was obviously kind of still kind of hanging on him. Yeah, because he played fewer than twelve minutes, three straight games, and then he sits against the the Devils. So yeah, I think but, something was related there. Yeah, that's you yeah. never know because like if a guy has the flu, man, that can that can really knock you down. So, but that, yeah. that just might, he's been really good. Um, yeah, we'll see Joe. Another eventful week. Um, what go on the road again, going to St. Louis, going to Carolina and then, and then Nashville back here on Sunday, Sunday night, Sunday night game. Uh, yeah. Bills yeah. by week. That's why it's, why is it a night? Put it. I mean, I get it. They're in Carolina the, the night before. So yeah. I, I get it, but Sunday night games, like nobody's paying attention to a Sunday night. Even with the bills off, nobody's paying attention to a Sunday night game. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a baby about it. That's that, I'm yeah. definitely being a baby about Maybe it. Maybe it's somewhere in between. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, listen, we're we're coming up on time here, so let's uh, Lance let the uh, let the good folks at home know where they can find your work. Oh, thank you so much, Joe. You can find my work in the Buffalo News and Britain Online. Then you can find me on Twitter l l y s o w s k i. Joe, what about yourself? You can uh, find my work at Bleacher Report. You can find me at NotedHockey.com, $5 a month, $50 a year, or whatever the hell you want to pay for more than that. Uh, so you can I'll write a story for you. That's that's the that's the Noted Hockey promise right there. Uh, and on Twitter, still Twitter, uh, J-O-E-Y-E-R-D-O-N. Uh, you'll actually have to write that all in to be able to find me because I'm, you know, whatever Elon hates me, I guess, for, for being on Substack, I guess that whatever that is. Uh, also, Blue Sky, <laughs> joeyerden.bsky.social. You can find me there. Uh, thank you, Lance. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening again this week, and we will catch you again next time.